You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is a very special episode of GGR Pirate Radio. We are live at Free Comic Book Day at Flashback Comics in Woodbridge, Virginia. I've got some awesome interviews for you. I've got the Wes Johnson, the in-arena voice of the Washington Capitals. I've got John St. John, the voice of Duke Nukem. I've got interviews with both of them. You're going to be able to hear those right now. We are live at Free Comic Book Day in Woodbridge, Virginia at Flashback Comics. I have got quite possibly one of the coolest guests that I've ever been able to talk to. You know him. You love him. He's the announcer at every single Washington Capitals home game. His name is Wes Johnson. Hello there. How you guys doing? Wes, I, I have been wanting to do an interview with you since, like, forever. I'm so glad that you, that you agreed to do this with me, man. Um, I had a question, though, because, like... We're not going to get as much time as we really would like to be able to sit down and ask you all the questions that we got, but I wanted to start with this. You do more than just the hockey stuff. You do more than just the voiceover stuff. You've been doing stuff forever. How did you get started with your voice being your your moneymaker, essentially? Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the macrame. Um, (laughs) Well, I've been a stand-up comic. I started with stand-up comedy, doing uh, sketch comedy, things of that sort as an actor, and uh, lots of different auditions put me in... uh, the uh, crosshairs of Bethesda co- uh, video games, uh, Bethesda, so- Bethesda Softworks, and I uh, started doing voices for um, Morrowind. I did some things for Unreal 2 around the same time where I basically played everybody you ever killed in that game. Um, but I just started doing more and more of it, and the thing is, you start getting known for doing different characters. Uh, people will start bringing you back. So I've had a chance to work with Bethesda quite a bit. I've worked with a number of other game companies. I, I also do film and TV and uh, voice as well, whether I'm doing it with the Capitals or working. I used to be the announcer for America's Most Wanted and yeah. uh, doing trailers and things of that sort. So, I mean, basically acting. I've, I've loved it my whole life. So it's funny, too, because I'll be listening to, we'll use a Capitals game, for example, and I'll be listening to it on the radio, and I'll hear a commercial, and then I'm like, oh, that's Wes, I know that voice. Like, is it just one of those things where it kind of snowballs? Like, you get one thing, they hear you, and they're like, all right, well, let's go from there, and well, it's a kind of a connection thing. Yeah, well, with the Capitals, it's, uh, you know, I do a retainer with them every year, and so those spots you basically hear on a cast broadcast. Um, I do other commercials around. I have an agent in L.A., and they get me auditions and uh, send me up. In fact, my agent is the same agent that John St. John is. So, you know, good on, good on that. Wow. You know, if you can get that kind of company. Uh, but you audition for all sorts of things, and sometimes they do come asking for you, which is always, like you said, if you develop a reputation, people know they can work with you, uh, you might be able to forego the audition. Not always. So one of the things that we've talked about on our uh, podcast on multiple occasions is most of us all had a radio station that we grew up with that was like our heart and soul. Mine was 99.1 HFS. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. Like, what was it like working for a radio station like that that had such a 
like an underground reputation of being like the voice of multiple generations because it was more than just mine. It was generations before that too. What was really cool is I grew up listening to and it was 102.3. Yeah. And I'd started doing voices for a thing called the Daily Feed on it back when it was at 102.3. And when it became 99.1, I ended up coming in and uh, working with Weasel uh, at first, and then uh, started doing the morning show, and uh, it was a great experience. I mean, here I am, a young guy in my late twenties. I've got uh, you know longer hair, ride a motorcycle. Uh, sounds similar to the one over there. Oh, look at that tie-in! Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, it was a great time because I'm out going to Lollapalooza, first Lollapalooza, with uh, riding around with uh, Eddie Vedder and the drummer. Uh, you know, on a golf cart and spinning through the mud and going out to, uh, you know, the first HF festivals back in the day from Lake Fairfax all the way up to RFK. And it was a great time to, you know, being involved with music. I mean, we used to say things like uh, no dead rock stars because everybody was alive then. Well, I guess if you're a rock star long enough, you're going to be dead. So we have plenty of the guys that we worked with then are no longer with us, unfortunately. But yeah. Uh, I'm still here, <laughs> and uh, I, I remember it all very fondly, you know, uh, getting to meet Tori Amos and watching her, and she's sitting right in front of me in the studio performing her songs. You know, these are special moments. Were there any, uh, any artists that you ran into where you were starstruck, where you kind of got like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm actually meeting this person in real life? Well, I mean, there. I used to do interviews every week, and... Uh, you get to a point where you realize that people are just people. Yeah. But occasionally I'd run into somebody. Uh, George Carlin was one of those. Oh, wow. Getting to talk and do an interview with George Carlin. And I felt like my IQ dropping right through the floor. Uh, and, and eventually my questions became things like, uh, you do good comedy, right? Yeah. So, you know, you feel like an idiot talking to him, but it's, he's just a guy. And it was... But I, I really admired him, so it was difficult. Uh, yeah. uh, the only other time that really happened to me was when I met Selma Blair before filming A Dirty Shame with John Waters. Oh, that's right, yeah. And Selma Blair, it, on the elevator, leans into me and goes, Oh, so you're playing my bow, huh? And sort of leaned into me, and I was like, Oh, yeah. And it's like, great. You know, <clears throat> immediately I just become uh, an imbecile. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, have those moments where uh, they call it, what do they call it, esprit d'escalier, where the spirit of the stairs, where you, you think of a cool a million cool things to say after the fact, but after in the yeah. moment you can't think of anything. No, it was great when she was dressed up and she was in the makeup as uh, Ursula Utters in the movie. Yeah. We had all sorts of great conversations, and uh, but she was, and I got to know her as, as it went on, and uh, everybody on the set, that was a, a cool movie to do, but um, when you first meet people sometimes, it's weird, but they're all just human beings, and they're all doing the same kind of things you do. Like, you know, are you a little when you meet John? Is that a little weird for you? <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't really weird for me because, luckily, and I'll give credit to uh, to ComicsOnline.com and uh, Kevin. Kevin had introduced me to John via podcast, so I had gotten to talk to him before. So any nerves that I had when I actually met him in person were pretty much gone by the time that I had actually like yeah. come up to him and shook his hand. Well, John's a pretty great guy, pretty down to earth, nice yeah. fella. So you don't have to worry about. Uh, he doesn't throw judgment around. No, typically not. No. Um, so. 
near and dear to my heart are uh, are the Washington Capitals. Yes. And I got to ask you, as somebody who's been around this team for a long time, do you get superstitious? Like for me, playoff time, I don't talk about it on social media until after the game because I feel like if I do, I'm inviting the likelihood for a collapse. If they're up three nothing in the third well, period, we all have I'm separate yeah. superstitions. Yeah. You know, mine used to involve not having anything on my bag when I came in. Okay. Uh, didn't like them to put the stickers on the bag. Uh, you know, just little things. You do certain things the same way every single game. Yeah. You don't want your your routine to be changed. So, I guess we all do have our superstitions a little bit. But when it comes right down to the bottom line, it's it's how well do they play today? Yeah. You know, it's how well are these guys going to play? And uh, you know. Your superstition, my superstition, even though we're still going to do them, doesn't really amount to a hill of beans. We know that. Yeah. Deep down inside, we know that. Yeah, but we like to think that we somehow can affect the outcome with whether or not we're wearing our shredded, faded Alexander Ovechkin t-shirt that we got when he first came into the league, and that somehow that's going to bring them to a victory as opposed to if we don't wear it. It's, we would like to think that we somehow have, have control over I have this. a friend who will not wear sweaters again to Caps games if they lose. And I'm like, dude, that's going to get expensive. <laughs> do you think, in your experience, do you think that this is, that there's going to... Is there something going on here? Is there a, a Billy Goat's curse? Is there a curse of the Bambino? Is there something like that? Or is this just all in the fans' head, in the players' head, in our collective DC fandom's head that our teams can't get on to the next round? Well, winning a championship is hard, man. It's hard. Very few teams are actually able to, to get over that and to do it. Um, whether there's something in their head, I don't think so. These teams have changed many times. It's never the same. It's not the yeah. same team. It's not the same thing. In the fans' heads, maybe. You know, yeah. we see this. Nobody was happy to see the Penguins come back, except for maybe me, because I want to beat them. Yeah. I want to beat them. Life will keep throwing you the same puzzles until you solve it. Yeah. So let's solve this puzzle and move on. I like that. I like that. It, it wouldn't feel as good if we managed to get to the cup and we didn't beat the Penguins along the way. Well, just beating the Penguins always makes me happy. So yeah. yeah. And hopefully, this time around, we're celebrating on the Portrait Gallery stairs after this game. Well, you know what? That's a huge douchey thing, them coming out there right? and shouting people yeah. down. But it's it, you're not being nice, folks, but I guess you don't care. We see them come in. Fandom does not necessarily have to mean dictum. Yeah. You know? Um, I think that's going to be a tagline. Fandom doesn't have to be dictum. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be. Uh, I, I want to just take it one game at a time. Let's win tonight. I don't want to look anything further. You know, you just win the game that's in front of you. One game at a time. Every challenge. If you take your eye off of your challenge to think about what's going to happen down the road, yeah. you're not giving it your 100%. That's what we have to do today. Absolutely. Now, um, again, you're here at Free Comic Book Day. I don't want to take any more of your time, so thank you so much for kind of stepping aside and doing this with us. Um, 
Well, it's certainly been my pleasure. And by the way, I may skip rope with your entrails. Ta-ta. Do you want to give us a plug? You tell, tell us what other projects, other than being the greatest in-arena announcer in the NHL, what, what else are you doing right now? What other stuff can we see you in? Where can people hmm. find your stuff? Well, I mean, I'm doing voice for the NHRA, the National Hot Rod Association, so if you're listening on Sundays, I'm there. Uh, I've done voice for certain things that I can't talk about because of non-disclosure agreements. Ah. So, um, but there will be stuff coming up soon. I I would hope so. You never can tell. They don't tell the voice actors anything. Read your and lines. That's, that's a good reason. There's a good reason they don't. But, uh, uh, you know, in the meantime, I'm sitting here with John St. John. That's always a happy thing. My happy place is hanging out with John St. John. And... Uh, I just, I have a game tonight, so I can't drink any of his tequila. So that's sad, but everything else is happy. Awesome. Well, Wes, thank you so much. I can't wait till, again, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna create it into existence right now. I think when we are able to schedule like a, a more thorough interview, it's gonna be mid to late June when oh, we're doing it. We'll have to go by the Celebrity Deli. Oh. We'll sit there. They have a sandwich named after me. You could eat me. Well, there you go. Wes Johnson just invited you to eat him and we'll leave context to your uh, own imagination. Uh, but Wes, again, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. We appreciate it. Go Caps. Well played, sir. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, we are here live with the Duke himself, Mr. John St. John. John, how are you today? I'm great here at Free Comic Book Day, baby. I just, it, it's amazing that you can just go right into that voice with very little... Wait, what voice? Oh, oh, it's just you. Oh, it's just me. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Have you seen my foggy? Where's my foggy? Can That's I just, the one you meant? <laughs> yeah, that one. Of course. Can I just say that, like... Of course, the Duke one is the most iconic, and that's the one everybody probably requests from you. But And I wish I could remember the name of the game. You were working on an independent game where you were essentially an old-school uh, video game system. Oh, yeah, that's called Rad Rogers. Uh, yeah, Rad Rogers, yeah. Like, that, I think that was my favorite voice that I had heard you do. Yeah. Like, oh, because I'm Dusty, the old game console who talks like this to that stupid kid the whole time. Oh, no, he's not stupid. He's Rad Rogers. <laughs> He's the star. A kid named Jeremy, who's the star of the game, and I'm just some sidekick. What's with that? Thank you. Appreciate that. Sure. So, you have quite the jet-setter life, Mr. St. John. So, lately I do, yes. A lot of miles. A lot of frequent flyer miles. Yeah, you managed to go from, from California mm -hmm. to... You were here, actually. Weren't you on the East Coast, and then you went back to California, and then you came back here? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I was at uh, I was in Virginia Beach uh, like four four weeks ago, and then I was in Denver last weekend, and then coming here, I flew from San Diego to Miami to Washington D.C. Wow, wow. <laughs> and like, and this is just the beginning too. Like, you have a pretty hectic con schedule going on for the rest of the summer, right? Pretty good. I have like eight more before the end of the year, and and of course, you know, I can still book some for the the you know the end of the year. So we'll see what happens. But uh, of course, the the most important con of all is not con at sea. Yes. Yeah, because yes. I'm, I'm finally starting my own con for a change, and it's on a cruise ship to the Bahamas. That's awesome. And I want you all to come or react favorably in some way. So so how would, if one were interested in this concept, a Comic-Con at sea, how would they find more out about it? Where can they get tickets? That sort of stuff. I'm so glad you asked that question. That's it's actually very easy. You just go to notcon, N-O-T-C-O-N dot U-S. And uh, can I give a little more 
details Give about uh, all the details you got. Okay, so um, our early bird uh, pricing is over now, but still for under 700 bucks, you can get your cabin and you can get your badge and you can get all the liquor you can possibly pour down your gullet for three days. Wow. Yeah, that's quite a deal, don't you think? Uh, it, it's a deal at twice the price. Plus we have uh, adventure badge upgrades. So if you upgrade your, your con badge, you can go snorkeling with me and Todd Habercorn around Coco Cay. That's the private island that uh, Royal Caribbean owns. Nice. Or you can play laser tag with Ellen McLean, the voice of GLaDOS from Portal, <laughs> actually narrating the game as it goes. Wow. Uh, her husband, John Patrick Lowry, who's Sniper, he's going to be there. And he wants to go on an adventure, too, where we go. Which one did he want to do? Um, probably the treasure hunt and uh, a few other uh, uh, fun little activities we've got planned with the guests during the convention. So for attendees who want to come along and have an adventure with a guest, this is the con to do, not con at sea. Now, I wanted to ask you, because this happened, it was last year if I remember correctly, the, the whole like process behind not con and its genesis to begin with. Uh -huh. Like, this all came out of essentially uh, pardon the language. A, a failure? A, yeah, like a fuck up from somebody else who was setting up a con and you essentially were like being, you know, the Duke, you were like, fuck it, I'm doing my own con at another hotel. Can you kind of give us a little bit of insight oh, sure. on that? Oh, sure. Well, technically, it wasn't the con organizer who fucked up. What happened was a contract was written for a, with a hotel in Dearborn, Michigan for Midwest Media Expo. And um, the ownership of the hotel changed to a Chinese company after the contract was written. So a mere three or four days before the con, they demanded all of their money up front for the con, which, you know, can't be done because you have to sell tickets at the door yeah. to be able to pay all the... And they demanded it, and they said, either pay it all up front or you're not going to have your con here. So, unfortunately, Midwest Media Expo had to say, we're so sorry, we shut down, but... David Eddings, you know, he's claptrap in the Borderlands game. Yeah. David Eddings and I, we had our tickets and we said, well, heck, I still want to come to, to Michigan anyway and, and meet fans if there's any way to do it. And Vernita, who's the guest relations director for both Yomacon and Midwest, she said, screw it, I'm going to start a company and we're going to throw a con. So in 36 hours, she managed to throw the first not con and we had about a thousand people show up, which was pretty amazing. Yeah, that is... I just, I gotta give you guys props because I was so impressed with the fact that you saw that essentially the fans were getting hosed by this. This wasn't something, right? because like, a lot of people in your position would have just been like, well, this sucks, and then just called it a day and be done with it. Yeah, but to, honestly, it was a little selfish. I wanted a free trip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right. Yeah, well, but, but, it, but it worked out. It worked out. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, you gotta admit, for, for, for Vernita and her team to yeah. make a con happen in 36 hours is pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, and also, too, I mean, like, it's, there's there's never anything that's 100% selfless. Like, that's there's, true. There's always going to be something that you gain from it. Right. right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I don't feel too bad. Yeah. No. And ultimately, it was, it was just, again, just props to you guys. Like, it just, it's awesome that you were able to put together something that I think is probably going to be talked about for years from, from here, that you were able to put together a con in a matter of, of hours, essentially. I mean, it was days, really? but yeah. And, and I'm very thankful to uh, Vernita and her crew. I mean, she's got a great staff who works at all the cons with her, that they're letting me use the not-con name for for my cruise. Yeah. Um, it was, it, I was going to call it John St. John Cruise Con, and that, that sounded a little too self-serving. 
and um, the fact that she already has staff in place with NotCon, yeah. it just was a perfect marriage. She said, okay, let, let's do this thing. I'll bring my staff. We'll make it happen. And sure as anything, we have half of our cabin sold already. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. And when is, when is NotCon? That is February 15th through the 18th, 2019 from oh. Miami to the Bahamas. Well, so see, plenty of time to save money, right? Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. And also, too, February 15th is my birthday. So <gasps> no. not only can you help out John St. John, you can help me out by going to this. That would be my birthday present that I ask of you is to support NotCon at Sea. Because, I mean, come on. The best birthday present? You come along to NotCon at Sea and we celebrate your birthday at Sea and I buy you all of your liquor the whole time. Your liquor is free for the entire cruise. On me... Mike, if you can do this, can you do this? I think I'm going to find a way. Okay, then. Where there's a will, there's a way. Exactly. Uh, I like that you set me up for that. Appreciate that. You betcha. So, I know from talking to our, our, our table partner here, Mr. Wes Johnson. He's he's one of my best buddies. He's, he's awesome, isn't he? He is. I love Wes Johnson. He... I has, love you, John St. John. See, it's mutual. <laughs> it's, it's like a bromance. He, we were talking about projects that they're, that you're working on, and he pretty much said, look, there's a lot of stuff, but I can't talk about it because of NDAs. Yeah. Is there anything that you can tell us that you are working on that we're allowed to discuss at this point? Uh, I did not sign an NDA over... Oh, gosh, should I even say anything? Let me just say Duke is being, and I love this term, inserted <laughs> into another game. Nice. I can't tell you any more than that. And uh, I had a call back yesterday for a VR, uh, a mocap game. That, oh, nice. That is a huge title. Of course, I can't talk about it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, those are in the works. There's a couple of other games that I believe Duke is going to be inserted into. So you can look forward to more Duke Nukem coming your way. That is the best way to describe it, though. Hey, you pour can, me some more of that tequila, too, buddy. You can look forward to more Duke Nukem insertion. Exactly. And, and don't we all want to see Duke Nukem insertion? Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, because they, they announced it. They announced that... The new Duke Nukem. Oh, the movie? The, for the big screen, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That it's going to be John Cena. Yes. Is there... I know it's got to be difficult because Duke kind of feels like your baby. Like, this is... this is You sort are of. Duke Nukem. Yeah, yeah, but I don't look like Duke Nukem. No. That's, that's, if I looked like him, maybe I'd be starring in the movie. I gotcha. Yeah. And you don't think they're going to do, like, an Arnold Schwarzenegger thing where in his first movie they just overdubbed his voice because his, his accent was so thick? Like, you're not going to be the voice of... John Cena as Duke Nukem. You know, I, I'm I'm so out of the loop on it. If if they invite me to have any part in the film, I'm sure it'll be in the eleventh hour, and and there'll be an NDA. I'll have to sign to say you. absolutely yeah. nothing. But I would. I posted on Facebook a few days ago. I said, uh, would I do ADR for John Cena? Oh hell yes. Yeah. Uh, I'd be happy to. I'd, I'd be happy to have any kind of cameo role in it because Duke has been such a part of my life since 1994 when I first started recording. And, and I'm best known for that role. I'd like to have a part in the film if it's at all possible. I, I, I don't really see it happening. You don't think they'll throw you like a Stan Lee bone where you get like a little cameo or something like that? I guess throw it's you one of Stan Lee's bones. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess it's possible, but the thing is, I'm not recognizable. Uh, my voice is recognizable, my face is not. So them throwing me a cameo role, it would have to be me doing Duke's voice yeah. if they threw me in the movie at all. Yeah. But I'd gladly do it. You know, anything to get on the big screen, I'm an attention whore, and it's what I, I need. Yeah. I need it. I need to be more famous. What is what is the next event that we can see you at? If if folks can't get out to Free Comic Book Day, which if you're not here, come on guys, it's Woodbridge. There's more things to do. 
here than just go to Potomac Mills. Oh. You can see West. You can see John St. John. <laughs> One more hour they can One see. One more hour they can see West because West has other things to do. He's got to announce the Caps to victory. Um, so do you mean any? Do you mean in this area specifically? Well, I'm sure that all of our listeners are globe-trotting people, and they can okay. follow you wherever you might be. Well, in that case, um, these are not necessarily in order, but I will be in Put-in Bay, Ohio, for Put-in Play Con. That's June 7th through the 11th, and I'll be at New Jersey Gamer Con in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, July 8th. And I'll be at Kineticon in Hartford, Connecticut, July 12th, the following weekend. Look at that. And I'll be at Yomacon the first weekend of November. And I'll be at Let's Play Gaming Expo in Texas in July also. Um, That's probably all I should say right now because the other contracts aren't signed yet. Well, there you go. Okay. So... With all of these, though, because a lot of them are, I wouldn't say they're like right on top of each other, but they're all pretty close. Yeah. Are you going home to San Diego every single time after these? Or are you kind of hanging out and maybe having a little bit of a mini vacation, maybe doing some sightseeing? I do some of that. I usually fly in on a Thursday and I don't leave until Monday. Yeah. Because the airports aren't so crazy. And I like, a, I like to attend the dead dogs party at the end of a con whenever I can. But no, I have to get home to do auditions and do recording projects, so I do have to fly home after every event. And then, you know, spend a couple of days recording, pack, and then, you know, hit the airport again. Awesome. All right, well, Mm -hmm. John, again, thank you for your time. My pleasure. Thank you for coming out to the East Coast for this free comic book day event. Hail to the free comic books, baby. (laughs) All right, guys, this was John St. John on GGR Pirate Radio. All right, guys, there you have it. That was our very special free comic book day episode that we did uh big thanks to john st john big thanks to wes johnson to flashback comics uh here in woodbridge virginia to mark lutz who actually put together this free comic book day event guy did an incredible event and an incredible job so big uh, big props to him um but for all of those of you who are listening check out wes johnson's stuff check out john st john's stuff stay tuned to ggr pirate radio because we got so much more stuff coming on. And again, my name is Mike Lunsford. And remember, guys, don't be a juice bag. This has been a Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy.